Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I want to spend some time on a concept that I call interpretive movement. It's the ability to be able to look into what somebody else in life is doing and figure out how to learn to do it. I believe that teachers that are good teachers, and there's good ones and bad ones like anything else, but I believe that a good teacher has the skill set to be able to bring people through multiple levels of learning that are completely different from one another. Whereas poor teachers, they simply regurgitate material at people. To be able to understand this, we also have to understand a term called self-sabotage. Because what happens is, in a learning curve situation, it's like pushing a rock. It takes a whole lot more effort to get something started in your life than it does to keep it moving. In fact, once you get it moving, the momentum makes it very, very easy to move it. And in learning, I see these same things. And I've got many experiences in my lifetime to where I've looked at something somebody else had, a skill set, an amount of money, a job, whatever it was, and I've looked at it and said, hmm, 
I would like to be able to have that or do that. And so you begin the process of learning. Now, the story I'm going to share with you today, I've shared. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. With me here today is uh, an interesting gentleman by the name of Ed Dreas. Ed is out of Las Vegas. He is uh, one of our ambassadors, both for Las Vegas and for Seattle. But also, he's got a very interesting story as to how he believed retirement was going to work for him. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks, Del. Pleasure to be here. Hey, um, when you're here before, I thought it was interesting that you uh, came up with the concept that your original idea before you ran into lifestyles and everything was that you were going to load yourself up with what you called the uh, FU money. I guess that stands for fun and totally unloved money, but whatever it is, the concept was you were going to have enough FU money that you could do whatever you want and no one could tell you what to do. And then you came along and it looks like you uh, got squeezed out of your job, maybe at the same time you wanted to, or maybe a little bit sooner. But all of a sudden you decided that it was more important to have cash flow than to have a pile of change sitting in the bank. Why don't you share that story with us? Sure, Dell. So what happened was, is yeah, I had this big pile of money, and I thought I was, you know, thought I was doing really well. I happened to be talking to a gentleman who's who's a financial, uh, you know, financial planner and so forth. And uh, he said, Ed, that's great. You've got a nice big pile of money, but how many years you're going to live? What if you get sick? Um, you know, he says, I, I tell you, I've seen people like you before. You go in, and you, you know, you've lived this way. You know, kind of a minimalist type uh, living arrangement, and then all of a sudden you retire and you continue to live in that minimal, minimalist uh, type approach because you're afraid you're going to run out of money. Right? So as soon as I heard him talk about that, I was like, oh my goodness, he's right. It's, all, it's not about having the big pile of money, the big, the big portfolio. It's all about cash flow. And that's when I started looking into different ways in order to obtain that cash flow that I needed. Yeah, you know, um, on that conversation, Ed, I've thought about it a little bit here this morning before I came on. I thought, you know, what gets me about that theory and why I never could live with the pile of money theory was that if you start with a pile of money, well, let's first of all take psycho- the psychology behind it. You work, you save, you work, you save, you live like you said, a frugal lifestyle. And your joy in life was watching that pile get bigger. Would you not agree? That was, that was your accomplishment. Make sense? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what happens the second you stop working and saving? all of a sudden the pile starts getting smaller. And I, I would suggest that even if you think you have enough, when it starts going the other direction, it sends a chill down your spine. Did, did you ever have a moment when you were living off of it and it started going the other direction? Yeah, actually, I didn't have that happen, but I would equate it to being on vacation and having a great time on vacation. You get to those last couple of days and you got 50 bucks left in your pocket, right? Then all of a sudden you, you stop spending. But um, fortunately, when I did retire the first time, um, I had a big increase in the portfolio. But I still had that same mentality. It was still, it was. I still worried about. Oh my God, I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out. I don't have, you know, I don't have the cash coming in to replace it. Yeah, and there's there's something to say. Um, I've read many books trying to think of the exact way to explain it about, okay, we'll we'll use this term, the millionaire mentality, 
or The Millionaire Next Door. And the concept of The Millionaire Next Door, the book that was written uh, some 20 odd years back, was that a, the typical millionaire next door is a guy who owns his house free and clear, has a 401k, savings accounts, you know, maybe some IRAs. And, you know, one day he just wakes up, he's got a, he has a net worth of a million dollars. He doesn't really have a million dollars, but he's got a net worth of a million dollars. It's tied up in all these different assets. And what they were saying about that person is, is that they lived, and I'm going to call it, uh, got to be careful, I don't want to be too mean, but, you know, semi-miserable life. In other words, they're not living life <laughs> to the extreme. They're frugal. You know what I mean? They're, they're pinch pennies and clip coupons and don't have the things they want. And uh, when they get to retirement, they end up doing the same thing. In other words, even though they've got a million dollars, they still live like they got about 25 cents hidden in the back drawer somewhere. What are your thoughts on that as a mentor? Do you see that in people? Yeah, absolutely. I see to myself, especially, right? Guilty is charged. And, and part of that is your upbringing, right? So, uh, you know, coming from a family that, uh, you know, was not born with the silver spoon in the mouth, uh, I think, you know, that, that's what you learn to do, right? It's all about, it's all about scrimping and saving and, and, and making those goals. That's what you learn to do. Uh, of course, later on through education and so forth, I was able to branch out and, and figure out there's other ways to approach this, but there still is. It's, it's deep seated. And I see the same thing, you know, there's uh, the same traits in other folks that, that I work with as well is that, you know, there's that fear, that fear of, of running out. It's kind of like the um, not think, not having the abundance attitude, right, and mentality. And I think you just need to, um, in order to get over that, what you need to do is you need to educate yourself, number one, and then just keep working through uh, and, and, you know, in building out cash flow instead, you know, seeing cash flow as the win as opposed to building up more money in the money pile. Now, when you found Lifestyles, um, how did you run into us, by the way? Just I haven't asked you that yet. Yeah, so I had been living in Austin, Texas, and I was just driving around one day and heard some folks on the radio talk about uh, investing in real estate and so forth. And it was it was different than what I had heard in the past, right? Because I had been to... Um, you know, all the seminars and stuff going as far back as Charles Gibbons back in Orlando back in the uh, 80s and, you know, had gone to a bunch of these things and so forth. But something really struck me. I can't I can't put my finger on it right this very second as to what was different about it. But uh, it did resonate with me. And I did go and I got involved in uh, lifestyles down in the um, I think it was in the Austin or San Antonio. We went down to my first meeting. It okay. Was to say. So, you didn't come in poor. You had some money stashed away, both in cash and in your four hundred one k. So you were sitting pretty good. And uh, when we come back from the break, I'm going to take this from the point of view. Okay, someone coming in that's not you know rubbing two dimes together and trying to figure out how they're going to catch up with the you know the rest of their life. To, you know, because a lot of people are thinking I'm too far behind. I'm too far behind. I'll never catch up. But you're in a situation where you're in a good position. So we're going to hear your plan when we come back and see what you thought up and how you got into it so quickly as you did. So we'll take a short break. We'll be right back with Ed and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. 
Del Wamsley explains how he found that speck of light that got him into the lifestyle. I had a guy that used to come into the health club every day and work out for four hours a day, sit in the jacuzzi, swim, play racquetball, was happy, looked great, tan all the time. And one day I just asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, Del, I own real estate. Well, do you own real estate? Register for our live online free workshop and find out how you can get all the things you want out of life with passive income. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Brought to you by Lifestyles Unlimited. Del Wamsley talks about understanding the system. Guy told me the other day on the radio, he says, you know, I understand the system. They let the stock market go up to feed our ego to think we're getting somewhere, and then they crash it on us and take it all away. So now we're stuck. He says, I've lived through two of those cycles, so he started investing in real estate to get away from the cycle. Are you ready to break the cycle? Start investing in real estate today. Find out how. Join Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with our live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. As I sit here and read article after article and see TV show after TV show, the normal person out there on the street cannot overcome their fear to get to the analytical part of this whole process. I'm not afraid of and I'm actually ready for a recession, a crash of value of anything and everything. Why? It is the opportunity to do incredible stuff. But that's my analytical brain. The United States has a very strong economy. We will return to our basic economic foundation. This is not going to be the end of the world for everyone. But you do need to take some action. And some actions will be more productive than others. And one of the things that I think you can do now is take this time, like you said, Del, people are going to be sitting at home and you have a time right now to change your life. Make what you have work for you. You need to get into lifestyles right now. Join us for our free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk 1370. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Here on the uh, Tell Dell's version of the show, we like to bring lots of different types of people in. The, the concept is, is that no one person is uh, relatable to everybody. And so I always say people relate to about 10% of the audience out there. Uh, this gentleman, though, probably only relates to maybe 5% because he came in here and he'd already won the financial battle with making money and saving money. Uh, so he came in ready to get started. Now, Ed, you joined in 2013, it says here, um, but you, you were aiming for retirement in 2018. 
Uh, by the way, folks, just because I haven't said it so far, he currently has 20 properties with 4,558 units. So uh, I neglected to say that in the first segment. I think it makes him uh, more interesting to listen to if you realize that. As we get started here, Ed, when you came out of the blocks, you came out of the two-day, what was your mindset? My mindset was, you know, I definitely, I tell you, Dale, though, the thing that that, that impressed me the most is, is, and I actually had the pleasure of attending one of your two-day seminars back then, and what happened was is you gave a um, an example of a property that really resonated well with me. It was something like, some to the effect where it was a 20-unit property, and it was going to cost the, you know, it was going to cost a million dollars, and then once you were done, you know, you were going to generate ten thousand dollars a month cash. Something I don't know if I have the numbers exactly right, but it, it was a, it was a it was a goal that to me that was very doable. And when I looked at that, and I said, "Yeah, that makes absolute sense to me." There's no reason why I can't do something like that. So um, that that's what really struck me is, yeah, that is something that I can believe in and I can do. So the concept, um, you being an engineer, is let's break it down in component parts, and the component parts are very digestible, seems to work well. Tell us how you got started. Did you start out of the blocks as a passive investor? And if so, um, how did you decide which property to buy first? Yeah, what happened was, uh, you know, when I first looked at it, I took a look at the single family, and being with the you know conservative background I had and so forth, to me, and, and this isn't this isn't true, right? It was just my perception of, of what was going on. Is that the single family was too risky? Um, because if I had a you know if I had a vacancy, right, then all of a sudden I don't have any rent come in. Now you know there's different approaches and different mentalities to this, right? There's other folks that'll come in and say, well, and you know I can own ten single family homes, and that's just like having a multifamily and, and so forth. So there's arguments to be said for that. But I just felt more comfortable and I felt more safe in the multifamily. Um, you know, not to mention that in the in the two day that we learned we learned about this, what are the advantages of the single family? And what I saw is that even the folks that were approaching the single family were eventually stepping up to get the you know to reap the rewards that that are happening in the multifamily. So when I saw that, and I you know took a look at the the reserves I had and so forth, and I said, well, I think I'm more lined up into going into the multifamily. So once I decided that, yeah, multifamily is the way for me to go, what I did is I started networking and going to every single uh, every single event I could go to that Lifestyles put on, right? So being I was living in Austin, I was going to San Antonio, I was going to Houston, I was going to Dallas, and I was just going out <laughs> meeting as many folks as I did. I them all. And, uh, why, do I see, why do I see this picture of a guy that doesn't have a life? I was like, well, I'm going to go everywhere. Hey, Exactly, exactly. So went out, met everybody, and then, you know, eventually kind of learned my way through it. Of course, I had I had mentors as well that were helping me uh, along the way with it. And just just through that, uh, learned as much as I could. I think the biggest thing that um, Lifestyles brings is, is when you're at these events, uh, you're seeing people present case studies. And, you know, after you see these case studies, you look at them and go, you know something? If that person can do it, I can do it. So I think, you know, through all that, it gave me the confidence to go in and do uh, my first investment. You know, as funny as that sounds, Ed, that's exactly right. That's why I started the case studies 30 years ago. People come up there and go, like, well, you know, you, listen, you're, you're gregarious, you're loud, you're, you're a bodybuilder, you, you know, you've been in sales. You can do it. 
not little old me. And then you bring up a little old grandma that's about five foot tall, weighs nothing, and she's telling you about her portfolio. <laughs> and then you go like, man, I feel like such a dunce right now, you know? There I was thinking this was some big, incredible thing to do, and she did it. So that's great. Uh, I want to ask you, though, Ed, for the people that are sitting on the sidelines getting ready to do that first deal, how did you decide which deal to make your first deal? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So I think when you go into this, there is a it, it's a learning process. You have to learn what type of investor you are along the way. And I, I didn't know that in the beginning, right? I'm just kind of looking at the deals, and of course, I I did everything I could to use the learning that I had from from lifestyles, both in in the live meetings and also from the wealth of information that we have on the web with lifestyles to learn. And, you know, tried to put together the technical analysis, which, of course, is what I'm very familiar with, right, being an engineer and, you know, looking at the numbers and so forth. So that's only part of the story. Uh, the other part of the story is there's the people factor. And, um, you know, it's another tremendous thing about the Lifestyles organization. The people there are absolutely wonderful to, to work with and so forth. They talk about like-minded people and so forth. Uh, it's absolutely true. So what happened was is... Um, you know, you know, looking back on it, uh, of course, you have more knowledge now than you did then. Is 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 you know, I just went out and I, I just took blind faith and stepped into my first deal, right? I put the toes in the water, and and then went for it. And then what happens is is as you get into these deals, you learn what kind of investor you are, right? So some folks they say, you know, I prefer to have brand new investors in there because you know the the the, um, the take is a little bit smaller on the front end. And they have to work harder to prove themselves, right? And then you'll have other investors say, you know, I like the big mamma jamma deal where there's, you know, two buildings and 500 units and, and so forth. And then I, I spread my risk out amongst all the different units and so forth. So you actually find, um, you know, as you're doing this, you're going to find that there's different personalities evolve in how they invest and what they look for. Yeah, that's true. So did you put more weight on the, uh, I call it the jockey, on the, the guy running the operation, or did you put more weight on the deal itself? Because as an engineer, you analyze the deals very easily. Um, which one did you put more weight in? Yeah, going in, of course, you know, I think sometimes, you know, the first instinct is, is it always correct? The first instinct was to go with the technical analysis and rely on that because that, you know, that I knew, right? And, and the, numbers, the numbers are there. But what I did end up finding out is it really, truly is all about the jockey. So now, you know, now what's happened is, is in the beginning, I tended to have uh, a wider breadth in, in my portfolio. What's ha what I noticed is that's happening going forward is that breadth, the number of investors that I'm investing with tends to, has tended to narrow a little bit. So right now, yeah, I definitely am more focused on the jockey. You know, um, in my many, many years of being in business, it has to be 40-plus years, I can tell you that when I ran health clubs, you give me a manager, put the best manager in the worst club, and it becomes the best club. Take the best club and put the worst manager in, it becomes the worst club. It absolutely is all about people when it comes to business. So I think you nailed that one right on the head. Let's take a little break, Ed. Uh, let's give some people a chance to go get something to drink. We'll be right back with Ed Dress and Del Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. 
The Del Wamsley Radio Show with me here today is Ed Dreas, and Ed is the proud owner of 20 properties, 4,558 units. Uh, he's been in total 17 deals, and uh, he is an ambassador for lifestyles out of the Las Vegas area where he lives, and also you've done some ambassador work up in Seattle, too. What's your connection up in Seattle, Ed? Yeah, actually what happened, Dell, is I was in Las Vegas uh, working. That's actually was a, you know, where, I, where I got laid off was I was in the Las Vegas working, and then I got the next job up in Seattle. And then lo and behold, uh, the very first event I went to was a lifestyles event, and I ran into Lynn Morrow and Terry Gilblair, and they invited me to come on board for Ambassador up in Seattle, so I was very fortunate to have that happen. Well, being an ambassador is really a, a fun thing to do. And I want to get back to it. But before we do, I don't want to leave people hanging on where we're at. You had just decided that you thought that picking the uh, horse was more important. I'm sorry, the jockey was more important than the horse. Or in other words, picking the lead investor that uh, was syndicating the deal is more important than the actual technical numbers in the deal. And I agree with that 100%. Let's go to the next step, though. Now, as a engineer, as an intelligent guy who's done well, saved his money, um, done wisely, you start to think about how do you want your portfolio to look? And you mentioned it very astutely by saying you find out what kind of an investor you are. Well, what kind of a diversification, that isn't even a word. I was going to make a word up, Ed. What kind of diversification <laughs> were you looking for in your, uh, in your portfolio? Uh, yeah, I mean, are you, and I say that, okay, you diversify. You said you've leaned down on the number of, of uh, leads that you've been using, so you feel that, that you've got enough diversification that way. What about locational diversification? What about size diversification? What about deal type diversification? Tell us about your thoughts on diversification. Yeah, so yeah, the very first thing obviously you go for is the lead, right? The next thing is that I, that I uh, got into about two years ago was geographic uh, diversification, right? So. I do have a uh, property in Atlanta. Uh, there's one in Phoenix. There's one in, um, there's also one in uh, Fresno, California, which is uh, exciting to me because that's where my daughter lives. So I want to have something local close to her. Okay, so you're, you're spreading it out quite a bit. Um, reasoning behind that, uh, you believe that one part of the country might be in problems while the other one's not, or you just like the idea that I can travel and it'd be a business expense everywhere I go. <laughs> that did, you know, that did come across my mind when you know with the Fresno one, but no, it, it just felt like another level of diversification, right? In in that, if some areas of the country are doing well and others aren't, like you know, for instance, some areas of the country might be dependent on oil. Some some other areas of the country might be dependent on technology, right? So. Uh, what you're hoping is, is through, you know, somewhere the jobs are always moving, right? They're, they're always being created somewhere. So, uh, you know, and that drives a lot of the pricing on these properties and so forth is the number of people moving into the area. So, you know, by trying to get into different places that have different economies, I was hoping to gain a little bit more diversification and safety in the portfolio. Absolutely. I agree with that also. And uh, the last level of diversification that I look at is... Uh, See if you had thought on this at all. What about market size? You know, you get these, you know, when things are great, the big market areas, the prices get so darn high, you can't buy at a low price anymore that you got to go to a 
tertiary markets to find deals that look interesting again. Do you have any tertiary market type stuff? Yeah, well, I would put uh, Fresno in that in that tertiary market, um, right? That's a smaller market. Uh, most of the other markets that I'm in right now, you know, obviously the Atlanta is a huge market, Phoenix is a huge market. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another thing that I'm going to look at. I have looked at we've had uh, properties come up for offer like in Cincinnati and so forth that looked good. It, it just wasn't the right time for me to invest in that particular area. But uh, yeah, I will look at that as well. All right. The next question, the natural question here, these are just, they come right down the path of what you should be thinking about when you're doing this. The next one is, um, what is your plan as far as rotational change? In other words, do you have deals that are short-term deals that do dry up, get sold, or 1031 or, you know, whatever? Uh, and then, or do you have all long-term deals? How, how about the timing of your deals? Have you thought that through at all? Yeah, I haven't. I'm still, you know, I think for that part of it, I don't have the, the longevity there. So right now I've been at this for, um, even though I've been a lifestyle firm since 2013, the first investment I made was in 2016. So I've been at this about three and a half going on four years in, in September. So um, uh, I haven't had that, but I am finding that, you know, when I originally did it, uh, when I went to Mentality, Oh, I'll just have these properties, and they're just going to throw off cash for the, for the rest of my life, right? But that's not the case, right? So um, that will come into play, uh, I think, going forward with this as I'm starting to see. Like, I just had my first property sell um, this past year, and uh, I had two cash out cash out refis uh, this year as well. So that will definitely play into my analysis going forward. I just haven't had quite enough experience with that there to, 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 to give you a firm answer on exactly what that, uh, what that strategy will be. Well, let me shed some light on some of that for you then, Ed. Um, one of the things that, that I found is that I went through this growing curve because I didn't have a lot of money when I started. So, you know, I'd do a 20 unit and we'd make it worth double what it was and we'd sell it and then I'd have double the money so I could go do a 40 unit and so on so forth all the way up until I got up to thousands of units. Um, then I got to the point where I didn't like the old stuff. <laughs> I just got in my head, I don't want to own 60 stuff anymore. I guess it was, you know, all the stuff that pipes and stuff that wore out. Then I got in my head, I didn't want to own 70s. I thought 70s were cool when I got into 70s and got out of 60s, right? Uh, and then when I went to 80s, I go, man, this is like, I'm like a, this is high cotton. <laughs> this is a Southern saying. This is some good stuff, right? In the 80s, now I don't even like 80s anymore. Now I want is 2000 newer type stuff. And and so that that creates a need to keep selling. You know, you're, you're getting rid of the older stuff. And I'd learned that from a guy that runs one of the largest uh, companies here in the country, real estate country, re one of the largest real estate companies in the country. I just happened to be sitting and having a drink with him one day, and I said, you know, how do you, how do you guys do this? I think it was Camden Property Trust, the name of the place. And uh, he was saying, well, what we do is we don't let our average life of any business, of our properties get more than 10 years. So we may have one that's 15 years, but we've got another one that's five. So the average doesn't you know, go longer than 10 years. And, you know, I've just sort of, you know, hit his, hit him up for that about why that was so important. And he was talking about, it's just something that real estate ages, you got to keep moving forward. Um, you know, otherwise you end up with old stuff and you're not the cutting edge business 
company you want to be. So I thought that was interesting. And, uh, you know, it's not right for everybody because I know other people. I own three small properties. I owned them for 15 years, and they just cranked out money like there was no tomorrow. Um, But I do know, Ed, a lot of beginner investors, if you're out there consulting and mentoring, that have figured out that if you want to get the highest and the fastest returns, go with the smallest deals and the newest leads. And the reason for that is the new people try really, really hard. They want the deal done as quick as possible so they can get out of it, so they can get out of that 20 unit where they're, where they're doing most of the work. And they want to move up to the 40 or the 50 or the 60 or 70 or whatever. And so these 10, 20, 30 unit properties, they get turned very quickly. And hence, you get that big capital gain. And I know myself at different points in my career, I think there's been about, I'll just guess, three or four different ones. I sold off all my houses. That was one turning point. I sold off all my, my old 60s stuff. Um, 70s stuff, that was a turning point. Then I sold off all my 80s stuff and went newer than that into the 2000s. So maybe four times in my life, I just got rid of everything. (laughs) It's okay, I'm going back down to zero. I'm starting over. But man, did I start over with a lot more money or what? You know, you wake up and you go like, you know, you're talking about you having your little mill, you know, little mill in the bank and that's a nice little pillow. But then you wake up one day and you got 20 mil in the bank or you got 40 mil in the bank. Wow. Where did all that money come from? You know, it's just because it's sitting in equity all over the place. So it's an interesting thing to do. Uh, I bring that up to you because you are a mentor and because you're out there, you know, being an ambassador. And so you, more stories you got to carry around with you, the better off you are. Um, when we come back from break, I'm going to talk a little bit about being an ambassador. And until we go to break, which is about, well, I don't think we have a minute here. Let me put my glasses on where I can see. Um, Okay, yeah, we don't, we've got 30 seconds. Um, when we come back, we'll go ahead and go to this, Ed. Let's, let's talk about where you're going with your, yourself. Where, where do you see yourself five years, ten years down the line? What are your plans for your portfolio in your life? And then the last part, we'll come back in and talk about being a mentor and really an ambassador. We'll take a short break. Be right back with Ed and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. My friends, how many of you out there right now believe you have a plan? I followed the conventional plan for years, and then the conventional plan blew up in my face. I wonder how many of you can relate to that exact same thing. The real question is how many of you have actually figured out how to turn that thing around and make it happen. Do you have a plan? Lifestyles Unlimited has one for you. It's worked for countless others. Retire in five years or less. Come learn more. Join us for our live online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Del Wamsley on having a plan. The year I got cancer and could not work for eight months, I lost 50 pounds. I want to tell you that I made $4 million that year. I made more that year than any year I'd ever made previous to that in my life. And I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling you that to impress upon you. I didn't go to work for eight months. That's a plan. Create your plan at Lifestyles Unlimited's live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Del is Ed Dreas out of uh, Las Vegas. Actually, um, Ed, do you now live in Las Vegas or did you move to Seattle? You talked about you got a job up there. Where are you staying at now? I'm living in Seattle, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, in Seattle? Okay. So let's yes. talk about um, where your plans are 
for yourself, what your plans are for yourself uh, into the future now. I mean, we got just for everybody tuning in, four years, you've got 4,558 units, 20 properties, 17 different deals you've done. Uh, you've got a lot under your belt. What, what do you see going on for you in the next five to 10 years here? Okay, so what, what was supposed to happen? The last time we chatted, I think, was back in August of 2018, and I announced, oh, I'm going to retire in October. And, uh, you know, because you know that uh, TV commercial where there's the, the chair out on the ocean with the beer on it? Yeah. That was supposed to be my chair. That, that was supposed to be me <laughs> sitting on that chair in one of the one of the 7,107 islands in the uh, Philippines archipelago. Uh. And, you know, life didn't quite work out that way. So, um, you know, there's a bunch of things that happened all at once at that particular time. And... Um, one of them all was, I would say, the biggest thing that happened to me at that particular time was uh, my daughter came up and, and announced to me that she was pregnant and there was complications. So any thought of retirement at that, at that time quickly went aside because then the thought was, okay, well, I need to step in and, and make sure that she's going to be okay. So we had a family meeting, and we got together with my daughter, Kate, Katie, and uh, her husband, Craig, and... In the family meeting, we decided, oh, Dad needs to go back to work. So Dad is, is back to work now. So we're coming up on, um, you know, at, at the end of that. So I do see myself um, at this particular point, as a matter of fact, it's going to happen probably fairly quickly, that, that I will be retired here in the next in the next couple months. Or, you know, I don't know if retire is the right word, but I'll be a full-time investor at that did, point um, going forward. Did the baby come out okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the baby is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Both mom and baby, they really fought for that that little guy's life. She was bedridden for a while and so forth, had dehydration issues and so forth. But the baby is doing absolutely wonderful. He's 10 months old now. He's big, he's strong, and just an absolute joy. Let's shift gears. Tell us a little bit about being an ambassador. Tell us what you do as an ambassador for members of Lifestyles. Sure. So being an ambassador, this kind of this kind of comes from the fact that uh, I do enjoy teaching. Uh, and this comes from, from when I was younger and so forth. I taught at the university level because I found computers at the time I thought were, you know, weren't being taught correctly and so forth. It really wasn't that hard. So uh, and it's also not only do I enjoy the teaching part of it, but it's mainly about giving back and helping people, right? So... In that ambassador role, it is it's very much about helping people. So what we'll do is, as ambassadors, as a matter of fact, we just had a I uh, just got a contact from uh, Terry Gilblair of a gentleman who just moved into the area, and uh, he's looking to make contacts. So, you know, we'll we'll you know talk to the new people that come into the area that are members of, of lifestyles and so forth, help them get established, help them meet the other members. Uh, we'll call meetings. Uh, you, you know, on a quarterly basis. As a matter of fact, we're about to do a virtual meeting coming up where we're going to talk to one of the brokers and talk about the state of the economy and multifamily investment in the area. So we'll, we'll call meetings like that. Uh, uh, we'll also, um, any of the lifestyles meetings that occur in the area, whether it's the two-day event, the one-day event, um, and, and, you know, there's a whole host of different events that lifestyles does in the area. You know, we'll help support those as well, whether they need help with finding venues or 
uh, you know, whatever help they need, we'll, we'll run in and, and do right. So it's kind of a jack-of-all-trades type thing. We're there to help, you know, facilitate people learning all about real estate and, you know, helping keeping the business moving forward. So you're sort of the arms, the arms, the legs, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, uh, and the brain of the localized group of people there. Uh, I knew when I first started this thing a long time ago that it was going to be a great thing right there in Houston where I was at. <laughs> because I was right there in Houston. And I love people, and I love to take care of people, and I love to have meetings, I love to help people, and man, it was great. But then I tried to figure out how to go somewhere else. And I realized there just wasn't any more of me. <laughs> there was only one. And that's when I slowly began to realize how important it was going to be to have other people that were as psychologically involved as I was and have the desire. So the benefits, and this is the thing I want you to share with everybody. I always found great benefit in having a little real estate group when I first started. Uh, it, there's, there's this thing about being in the middle of all of this. I found, number one, that if you teach, you learn much better yourself. But I also found that it's the, you know, which comes first, chicken or the egg in what we call a co-op. Until you have people, you, can't, you don't have any buying power. Right, but until you have something to offer, you can't attract people. So, how as a as a um, ambassador up there, which part of the chicken and the egg did you work on first? Accumulating the people, or going and getting things and events for them to do? Accumulating the people, right? So that that's what I went for first. And because what I figure there is, you, you accumulate the people. Then what's happened is, is they created a need. They're like, Ed, we need to know this. We need to know that. And, and uh, then, you know, that drives me into solving each one of those, each one of those issues as we go far, further. I got it. Well, Ed, I really appreciate you coming on the radio today and sharing your story. And, uh, again, ever since this is multiple times you've been on, but I appreciate you being out there, being an ambassador, especially in two different cities. So you're, you're part of the give back machine. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you for having me on the show, Dale. Keep up the great work. I can't wait to have you on when you have 9,000 units. <laughs> Just to piss me off, right? All right. Just go out there and get 9,000. 9, How about 20? No, great job, man. Keep it up. And for the rest of you out there, remember this. Ed is doing this not just for money. He's had money. He's doing it for that quality lifestyle that we all dream of, we all look forward to. And now that he's got the family problems out of the way, he's going to have this year. Again, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.
The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell. In- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.